Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to mystory@toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Well, we want to welcome those of you that are joining us online or by way of television. Thanks for being with us for this service today. Also want to say welcome to everyone that is here in the room as well. Really believe God has something special for us in this message today, as well as that we are going to be sharing in communion at the end of our message today. And so if you haven't already gathered some communion elements, whatever you might have in your home to represent either the bread and the cup and to have those ready so that we can share in that time of communion and remembrance together. This is uh, the last weekend, the last opportunity for us to speak together before this year's 2020 election. And I know many of you have already voted early and been a part of that. Thanks for taking those steps of uh, stewardship with our uh, civic responsibility. I would encourage you, if you haven't made plans yet, to either vote early or to go on Tuesday, make those plans. Make sure you vote. I think uh, that is a gift that we have been stewarding. We want to steward it well and make a difference with those things. And I think one of the things that we're called to do as followers of Jesus Christ is to pray for those that serve in leadership. And I think especially for us to pray for this election. Hopefully you've been doing that over the course of the last weeks and months. But Monday night, the night before the election, so on November 2nd, we're going to do something really special. We've, we've been doing these online teachings and streams every Tuesday. Well, this week we're going to do it on Monday, and we're going to do it live. We're going to do a live on-stream prayer time, and we're going to do that online at 7 o'clock Monday night. You can catch it on our website, ToledoCalvary.org, or on our Toledo Calvary Facebook or YouTube channel, and you can go there and join us. It's going to be an interactive time for us to pray together. We're gonna to want you to join with us in that and are looking forward to that. And I think it would be right for us, even right now, those of us in the room and those that are watching, that we would pray for the election before we even go any further in this service. Would, would you join me? Heavenly Father, we thank you that you have allowed us to live in the United States of America to know a very special sense of, of freedom and that in you we put our confidence and our trust. And so, Lord, as we come up to this very um, significant and what at times has been tumultuous election season, Lord, we pray for the candidates, whether it be in a local or state or national level. In particular, we pray for the presidential candidates, God, that you would allow them to know you. Lord, we pray that you would guide them and, and lead them. Lord, we pray that your will would be done in this election. And Lord, we know that as each one of us does our part, ultimately we entrust this to you. Lord, we pray that this election season would be one that would be peacefully observed. God, we pray that it would be one that would move our country in, in, in a way that looks to you, that guides us to you. Lord, we pray for godly leaders. We pray that somehow you would be glorified in all of this. And Lord, we entrust this to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody up for some good news? Anybody? We've got some good news in this message this week. We're in a series of messages that we have called I Am, and we are looking at the I Am sayings of Jesus. Seven times in the Gospel of John, two times in the book of Revelation, where Jesus says, 
I am and tells us. He, he paints a picture about himself. Last week, we, we looked at kind of the companion to this week's message. They're both in John 10. They both kind of have the same theme. And last week, he talked about I am the gate or I am the door. And he was, he was referring to the role that he played in, in an illustration in the life of a shepherd and the sheep. And we're going to go back to that same picture. He, he gives us that same thing in John chapter 10 where he says, I am the good shepherd. Uh, right after my freshman year of college, I had this incredible opportunity, 19 years old, to go and spend two months in the country of Ireland. And it was, man, just a thrill of a lifetime. I got to live in Dublin for about seven weeks, and we did ministry, uh, youth and kids ministry through a local church that was there. It was such a cool opportunity. And then the last week that we were there, there's a small group of us, uh, our host from Ireland said, hey, the last week that you're here, I- I'm gonna take you around the country and show you some things. So that was kind of like our, our last week, a rest week, kind of our vacation week. And I had one goal that whole week. I don't know why, but my 19-year-old self just wanted to touch a sheep for whatever reason. It was, it was what was in my mind to do. I am in Ireland before I leave. I am, I'm going to run through a pasture and touch a sheep. And I looked for different opportunities. And I remember we were on the west side of the country. And I remember we were out in the middle of just, just rolling hills. And there were sheep in, in pastures in different places. And we came to this one spot. And I asked the, the, our friend that was driving the car. I said, hey, will you, will you stop? And so she pulled over. She stopped. And I jumped out of the car. There was like a little stone wall. I remember I jumped over that wall. And I thought, this is my moment. I have lived for this moment. And I remember I just kind of moved slowly through the pasture and I was trying to get close. I remember I got right up to one. I was just about to touch it. And that thing just shot off. When it did, they all shot off. And they took off. Here's why. I was a good tourist. But I wasn't a good shepherd. And those sheep knew the difference. John chapter 10, verse 11, Jesus describes for us who he is. He's no tourist. He, he's not just out for some kind of thrill. John chapter 10, verse 11, here's what he says. I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And this causes us to ask a question, like what's the relationship between a shepherd and the sheep? What's interesting is Jesus uses this theme throughout John chapter 10, even though when he says these things, he says them at different times. He starts by talking about the sheep and the shepherd earlier, and this is, this is about the same time as what we read about when Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. And then two months later in John chapter 10, you, you see him again say these words about being a shepherd. And when he says it later, and, and John's really cool about this, he, he takes these themes throughout his gospel. It's, it's different than some of the others than than Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John will take themes and he weaves them into what he's communicating to us. So in John 10, that theme happens to be Jesus as a shepherd. So what what Jesus says in, in, in a teaching two months later in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus says this about the sheep and shepherd idea. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Here's what we're gonna do in the next few moments. I wanna walk through this passage. I wanna talk about what Jesus is saying here when he defines the relationship with the sheep and the shepherd. Because if he is our good shepherd, we need to know what that relationship is about. We're gonna look today at six lessons from the good shepherd. Six lessons from the good shepherd. Things we learn out of that passage in John 10, 27 and 28. Here's the first one. Sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. 
Sheep listen to the shepherd's voice. Jesus begins that whole kind of explanation of the relationship between sheep and the shepherd in verse 27 by saying, my sheep listen to my voice. He, he just kind of leads with that idea there. And he's already introduced us to this idea. Two months before, at the beginning of John chapter 10, Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse four. He says, when he has brought, and this is talking about the shepherd, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they'll never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now, we might not fully understand what he's talking about here, but when he spoke this to the people in his world in the first century, they immediately knew what that meant. They understood that society. And here's, here's the thing. Whether it was thousands of years ago or today, sheep know their shepherd's voice. It was common in the Middle East and continues to be for shepherds to have kind of a personal devotion, to have almost a relationship with their sheep. And the shepherd will talk to them and the shepherd will sing to them. Often a shepherd will carry around kind of a little, little flute that he'll, he'll play the same tune kind of over and over and over again. And the sheep begin to know that sound and then they follow it. They know it. It's familiar to them. Here, here's an example. During a Palestinian uprising in the 1980s, there was a community outside of Bethlehem that, that needed to, to kind of, they said, be punished in some way because they hadn't paid their taxes. So what the commander of the military did was they came in and took all of the livestock in the community away from folks, which was much of their livelihood, and then pulled it into this one massive kind of pen. So you had all these sheep in this big enclosure. And one lady came to the commander of the military and said, you know, I, I want to have my sheep back because they're my livelihood. My husband's dead. The only way I'm going to make any money is if I have those sheep and you've taken them. I'm just begging you, can I have them back? And the guy said to her, ma'am, look out there. I got hundreds of animals out there. There's no way that I can get you your sheep. And she said, if I could separate my sheep out, would you let me have them? He said, have at it. And so a soldier opened the gate, and this lady's son walked out into that pasture, and he had this little reed flute, and he began to play the same little tune over and over and over again. And as he played it, eventually some of the sheep began to turn their head. They perked up, their ears popped up. They looked, they turned their head. He played it a little bit more. And eventually those sheep began coming to him. And as he walked out of the pen, he walked all the way back home with 25 sheep following him right in line. You know why? Because the sheep know the shepherd's voice. Here's an encouragement for you. We can hear the voice of our good shepherd. If we'll listen, if we'll pay attention, we can hear the voice of our good shepherd. God will speak to us. He will guide us. He will help us. But we have to be attentive to listen. Look, I'm a pastor, right? So I'm a spiritual shepherd, but I'm not a physical shepherd. But I wanted to be able to speak to this a little bit. So I went and got my degree in shepherding from YouTube University. Anybody ever heard of YouTube University? So I, I've been watching some videos because I'm trying to figure out what it's like in the life of the shepherd. And I learned some things, a couple of stories that I'll, that I'll share with you tonight. One was, was this. They had a group of tourists that went out and stood on the edge of the field where there were sheep. And they had volunteers come up and do this call. And it sounded like nonsense. And they would call out these nonsense words. And they would yell it out at the edge of this wall. And the sheep that were there would just keep on grazing. It wouldn't look up 
kept chewing, chewing. And eventually they went through one volunteer, two volunteers, three volunteers, four volunteers. And then eventually the shepherd came up and the shepherd began to do that same call. And when he did, you notice that some of the sheep started to do this. They looked right up at him. And then some of them were over here and some of them were over there and they all began to look and the more he gave that call, eventually one started to move and they all started to move and they just came running to the shepherd. They didn't move when the volunteers, the tourists, the strangers were doing it. You know why they didn't move? Because their voices were bad. (laughs) But once they heard the voice of the shepherd, then they came running. Look, here's my encouragement to you. We asked this last week, but I'll ask it again. What are you listening to? Like, what are the things that you're putting into your mind or putting into your heart or you're giving your attention to? I'd encourage you, listen to the voice of the good shepherd. You say, how do I do that? Well, at some point, you have to tune out distractions. And when you hear other voices, things that that you know are not in line with God's word or things that you don't have peace about, then you tune out those distractions and then you gotta get close to the shepherd. The reason the sheep know the shepherd's voice is because the shepherd has spent all that time with the sheep. So as sheep, our, our hope is we get as close to that shepherd as we can. A lot of that comes from just spending some time in God's word every day, even if it's just a few moments that you say, God, I'm opening your word, or God, I'm letting this verse speak to my life, or God, I'm seeking counsel in your word. Sometimes people will say, well, I just don't hear anything from God. Here's the truth. You, you, you need to know this. You cannot say you have not heard from God if your Bible stays unopened. Like this is his word. And if we want to hear from him, we need to open our Bibles. We need to listen to what he has to say. Even just for me, a couple of days ago, I was just kind of troubled by some things. And I did just my regular kind of daily Bible reading, and I just kind of opened my Bible. And man, God brought the truth that I needed from his word. So get close to the shepherd and then ask him to speak to you. Let the voice of the good shepherd rise above every other voice in your life. How can I know that I can trust that voice? Well, let me show you the second lesson we learn about the good shepherd in this passage, that the shepherd knows the sheep. Number two, the shepherd knows the sheep. Go back to those verses in John chapter 10 that we're looking at here. Verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them. This is a huge statement for Jesus to make. Not only does he say that I know my sheep, but but he also says this earlier in verse 14 of John 10. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. When he says this, when he uses the word know here, it's coming from like a Hebrew context. And biblically, it's not just information. Like when he says this, he's not just saying, well, I I know them. That one's fluffy and that one's tiny and that one's skippy and that one's Bob. That's, That's not what he means by knowing information. He means there's an intimacy, there's a trust, there's a relationship that's there. He knew them They trusted him, and I want to encourage you with this, especially in the the cultural moment and the historic season that we're in. We can trust our good shepherd. We can trust our good shepherd. And when I say that, some of you have a hard time with that because your image of God is is that uh, he lets you down or that he's angry with you or that he really doesn't care that much about you. And I can tell you that that's not the good shepherd 
shepherd. Maybe other people let you down. Maybe circumstances disappointed you. Maybe you've had some wrong thinking about some things. But I want you to know you can trust God. And for some of us, the situations in our lives have separated us away from the good shepherd because we've believed things that weren't true or we thought ways about ourselves that were unhealthy. And at some point, we need to say, I'm open to trusting you, Jesus, because you know me and I can know you and I can hear your voice because you are the good shepherd. This is in contrast to what Jesus calls the hired hand. He, he talks about this, that the shepherd is different from the one who's just kind of hired to watch the sheep. Look at this, John chapter 10, verse 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, this was especially relevant to the politics of that time. Remember I told you that when Jesus is teaching this, it's two months after the first time he says, I'm the good shepherd. He says that in verse 11. And then later in, in verse 27, when he talks about shepherd and sheep again, it's two months later. It's a whole different holiday. It's a different celebration. The first time he says it is the Feast of, of Tabernacles. The second time they call the Feast of Dedication. Look at this, John chapter 10, verse 22. It says, then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. This is what we refer to as Hanukkah. And it was a, it was a remembrance, a celebration of when the Greeks had come in and desecrated the temple and how in BC 165 BC, so, so about 165, almost 200 years before, a guy whose name was Judas Maccabeus had come and conquered the Greeks, he, he restored the temple, he rededicated it to the Lord, there was this miracle that happened, eight days and the lamps did not run out, maybe you've heard this story before, but the idea was there was this festival, this dedication, and every year at this time there were questions that the people asked. It was a season where they asked hard questions about how their leaders had failed them in the past, about seasons when they had had false shepherds, how the temple leadership had lost its way, they wanted to know where the shepherds went and where were the shepherds today. And they realized that the human institutions had let them down. And in the midst of that, Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one you can put your hope and trust in. Because at some point, people will always be self-interested, self-centered. But the good shepherd, he lays down his life for the sheep. That whole idea is really key because we need to realize that human institutions at best are noble, but they will always let us down. Business, education, entertainment, government, they have at their root humans who will probably eventually be self-centered. Anybody find that to be true? See, the good shepherd knows his sheep. He loves and cares for his sheep, which changes then how we view human institutions in the world around us. On kind of the eve of the election, as we're going into that, let, let me share just a couple of thoughts that come to me as I think about this. First, when you vote, vote with God's interests in mind and not self-interests in mind. Vote with the heart of the good shepherd. Consider issues from a biblical perspective when you think about the sanctity of life and the biblical call to justice and the biblical definition of sexuality and family and the importance of freedom and religious liberty, as you vote, vote with biblical values in mind. And as you vote, remember this, you do not belong to the Republican Party. 
and you do not belong to the Democratic Party. You may be registered that way, but you belong to Jesus. He's our good shepherd. He guides us and leads us. And you can put your vote for a person in the ballot box, but put your hope for the future in Jesus Christ. He's our good shepherd. We put our hope in our good shepherd. Here's, here's why. This is what's so important because after the election, no matter what happens, he will still be our shepherd. He will still be good. So this is the third thing we see about the sheep. Sheep follow their shepherd. Sheep follow their shepherd. Look at this. Go back to the passage, John chapter 10, verse 27. Jesus says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. This is key to this. And we could spend a lot of time on this, but just a couple of things I want you to see. Remember the analogy of being in the desert last week and there was this picture of the shepherd leading the sheep in this desert place. Psalm 23 describes this for us. You know the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the paths for his name's sake. Look, it's important for us to see the good shepherd guides us in the ways that are right. If you need direction and leading in your life, then trust the good shepherd to lead you, to do things his way, the right way. Remember, we, we talked about how as the shepherd leads the sheep, there may be these times where there's these narrow paths that could fall thousand feet down below to their death, and yet the shepherd knows how to lead them on the right paths. In the treacherous parts of your life, know that the good shepherd knows how to lead you. He also knows how to lead you here. Psalm 23, verse four says this, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The good shepherd journeys with us through the dark places. And if you feel like you're in a dark place, if you feel like you are in one of those moments, and maybe you've, you've kind of been going through different seasons and, and cycles and moments in your life, Know that the good shepherd is right there with you if you'll choose to follow him. And here's something to hold on to. Number four, the good shepherd gives life. Not only do we follow him, but he gives life. John chapter 10, verse 27. Go back to this again. My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them. They follow me. I give them eternal life. He brings us life. What does that life look like? Well, remember what we just read about in, in Psalm 23, verse one, the Lord is my shepherd. And he goes on to say that he supplies our needs. He leads us to rest. He gives us quiet and refreshing. He leads us to life. The good shepherd leads us to the refreshed life. How many of you in the room could use a little refreshing? Anybody? How many of you watching this would say, God, I need, I need you to refresh my life, to restore some things to me, to give me some hope, I hope that before this day ends, maybe you'll find a moment just to pause and say, Jesus, I need you to, to pour your life into me that as I trust the good shepherd, you'll make a difference in my life. He not only leads us to the refreshed life, but look at this, John 10, 10 tells us that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. The good shepherd leads us to abundant life. He doesn't want us to live a life where we stay weighed down by our cares and caught up in, in those things that kind of tend to burden us down, but that we release ourselves to him and let that life come to us. 
Back in, in 2004, there was a, a sheep in New Zealand who came to kind of national prominence whose name was Shrek. There's a good name for a sheep, right? Shrek did not like to be you know, sheared. He didn't like it when the time came when they would take off his wool. And so he figured out how to escape from the pasture that he was in and he wandered off into the mountains near where he lived and they could not find him for six years. And when they finally found Shrek, and he's a merino sheep, some sheep will kind of shed their wool eventually, but not these sheep. They, they grow them consistently until it's shaved off. When this time came when they found him, this is what this guy looked like. That is one big boy. Here's another picture when they uh, apparently were taking him for a walk. I don't know exactly. He looks very noble, but also very hairy. True, right? So when they finally got him to a place where they were able to take off his wool and they sheared him, he grew a fleece weighing, are you ready for this, 60 pounds. That's enough wool to make suits for 20 large men. He had a lot of wool on him and it was weighing him down and it was hindering the way that he could move. And it, it had all the potential to make him sick because of bacteria and things that could get caught in his wool. This was crazy. And eventually, once they shaved him, he was free to move on with his life again. Have you ever felt like you were weighed down with the cares of life? Have you ever felt like you'd let certain things go on for so long that it was holding you back? Can I tell you, look, Jesus came not that you would live a mediocre life, not that you would live a life weighted down with your cares. Jesus came so you could live an abundant life. We aren't called to carry all these things. We're called to cast our cares on him. And if weight is keeping you from truly living of the burdens and the cares and the concerns, would you give those to the good shepherd? Look, so many of us struggle during this time, whether it's because of a pandemic or politics or different things, maybe just the things our own life is confronting. And can I tell you, Jesus says we're not called to be victims. We're called to be sheep who follow the good shepherd and the good shepherd who gives us life abundantly. Jesus gave his life for us. And he gave his life so that we would know that freedom and that peace and who he is. See, the good shepherd gives us eternal life. And even with the weight and cares of the world around us, we know that our hope is ultimately in him. Look, I want to live a life that's good. I want to be a good husband, and I want to be a good son, and a good father. I want to be a good pastor. I'm sure there's things in your life where you say, I want, to, I want to be good at that. I want to do these things. And in these moments, we want to live in a good and peaceful place. We want to have a good president. But can I tell you what we need is a good shepherd? We need someone we put our trust and our confidence in. And if you've never said, Jesus, I give you my life, I entrust myself to you, I would encourage you that before we're done with this service, that you would be willing to say, Jesus, I give you my all. I entrust my life to you. Because not only is he all the things that we've looked at so far, let me show you the fifth thing we learn about a shepherd here. Jesus' sheep are saved. He tells us that his sheep are saved. Look at this, John chapter 10, verse 27. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I gave them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. It tells us that he saves his sheep. What do you mean by that? Well, last week we looked at how the good shepherd saves us from danger. And so we won't take a lot of time to talk about that 
today. You, you can go back and see what we looked at. Last week, the good shepherd saves us from danger. We're protected from thieves and robbers. We're protected from wolves. We've talked about how he, he saves us from the hired hand. But here's something else I want you to see. The good shepherd saves us from ourselves. He not only saves us from danger, but he saves us from ourselves. Do you remember I told you I went to YouTube University? Do you remember this? Got my degree in shepherding there. And one of the things I learned about was when a sheep is cast or, or cast down. Sometimes they'll just refer to it as a cast sheep. And there's different articles that you can find where, especially if you live in an area near where there's pastures and, and sheep and shepherds, if you happen to see this, they encourage you what you're supposed to do. So if you see a sheep, let me show you a picture here of one. Uh, let's go to the, there's another sheep picture I think that we have first maybe we can look at. If you see a sheep that looks like this, where it's upside down, with its, with its feet in the air, that's a bad thing. My dog likes to do this. My dog likes to go in the backyard, especially right after I cut the grass. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He likes to go out there and just kind of roll around in it. If you see a sheep like that, that's a bad thing. See, sheep never are supposed to be on their backs. When they do lay down, sometimes if they find themselves on a hill or if they get kind of too kind of nuzzled in there, if they roll over on their back, they have no way of getting back up. And so what happens is when they're stuck like that, eventually, and this, this is prone to happen when they are heavy with their wool before the shearing time or when a sheep is pregnant and they find themselves in a place where they're kind of top heavy and they lose their balance and they roll over like that, they're called cast and when they're in that place, when gas builds up inside of them and they, it has nowhere to go, then it, it kind of, all the pressure and gravity and all those things push down on its lungs. It'll push the air out from the sheep. The sheep begins to panic, which makes things even worse. If you see a sheep like that, the blood begins to run out of its legs. So then its legs lose all of its kind of strength and its capability. And what happens is if a sheep is left like that, one, it's vulnerable to attack, but two, it will eventually just kind of die on its own. It's a cast sheep. Here's the deal. Sometimes I get my whole life turned upside down. I'm like, look at this other picture. It's, it's interesting. Here you've got the whole flock over here. Some of them kind of looking over here at, at Bob. You know, they're, there's Fluffy and Tiny and Skippy, and there's Bob. Just, and they're just kind of watching because Bob has separated himself from the rest of the flock, and he's there with his feet in the air, and he's in this place where he is not only vulnerable, but if something doesn't happen, if someone doesn't come and save him, he will not make it. Sometimes my life gets turned upside down down and it's my fault. Anybody else? And I need somebody to come and make things right. I need a good shepherd who will turn my life back around. Look, let me give you just a couple of thoughts that, that, that may be helpful here. Several of the articles that I saw, that the whole point of the article was so that people, if they ever see this, would know to come and rescue that sheep. In this season, you may know some people who have separated themselves from the flock. Or you may know some people whose lives seem to be upside down. Maybe God has called you to help be the shepherd through your love to them. Or maybe you just do what you can to help them get back on their feet again. Emotionally, financially, physically, spiritually, that you just come alongside a brother or sister and say, hey, how can I... How can I help you get back to a place where you can move forward again? Can I tell you, one of the things that this whole season has caused so many of us to do is to kind of physically be separated from, from God's flock. 
Now, I know for some of us, the reason that we haven't come back to church is because maybe we're vulnerable and susceptible. And for some of us, we just have questions or we have challenges about things or whatever it might be. But for some of us, it's just, you know, you just kind of need a nudge. Maybe it's not coming back to church, but it's just connecting with Christian friends. It's, 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 it's reading God's word that there's something. I heard somebody say recently that for some of us, we've missed so much church that we've, we've stopped missing church. And what some of us need is just a nudge to say, look, when you're away from the flock, it's easy for your life to get turned upside down and you're vulnerable there on your own. Some of us, I'd encourage us, if you can in some way, connect back with God's people, get connected back to the good shepherd, call out to him, put your hope in him, put your trust in him. And here's the reason why, last one, number six, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is the whole point of the story. This is the whole point of what Jesus says to us. John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The whole point of this story is for us to see that Jesus loves us more than we can know or understand, not based on our own value, not based on our own merit, not based on who we are, but based on who he is. And we put our confidence in him because he's the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. How did he do it? Well, if you fast forward into the book of John, you see the whole story. You see that our good shepherd was willing to sacrifice his life on the cross. And when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for your sins and mine. That's why we call him our savior because when we come to him, we can know his forgiveness. And we know that on the third day, he rose again after his crucifixion and that he is alive today. And because he is our living savior, we call him our Lord. And we know that he can give meaning and purpose to our lives. This is why we can put our confidence in a good shepherd because he not only conquered death, but he brings us life. And so as we come to the Lord's table today, as we share in communion, we come to this moment and we thank him because we have a good shepherd who laid down his life for you and for me. He laid down his life for the sheep. And so I'm gonna invite you, whether you're here in the room or whether you're watching this at home or maybe you're watching this uh, in your dorm room, maybe you're listening to this service. In, in these moments, we're gonna come to a time of communion. And Paul encourages us here. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27. He says, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So just kind of right where you are, I'd invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. And would you just ask yourself the question, have I made Jesus the good shepherd in my life? Have I been willing to hear his voice? Have I been open to trusting him, to putting my confidence and my hope in him? Maybe for some of us, this is a moment where we need to ask for forgiveness. For others, maybe it's a moment where we need to cast our cares on him, to let him take that weight off of us. Maybe in this moment, we need to choose to, to follow him, to stop trying to do things on our own, to be willing to say, Jesus, there's, there's parts of my life that are upside down and I need you to make them right. 
Maybe it's as simple as just in this moment saying, Jesus, I give you my life. But as we come to this moment of communion, would you be willing to say, Jesus, be my good shepherd? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Father, we hold the bread in our hands. Lord, we thank you for this bread that that symbolizes the body of Jesus Christ. It was broken for me. But a good shepherd was willing to lay down his life for his sheep. And that because of that, I can know forgiveness. Lord, because of that, I I can know your presence in my life. I can hear your voice and I can be led by you. And I can know that when my life is upside down, you're the one who can make it right. And so good shepherd, thank you for laying down your life, Jesus, for us, your sheep. We remember your sacrifice as we share in the bread together. In Jesus' name, let's share in the bread together. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread or drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Whether you're in this room or watching on a screen somewhere, would you take the cup in your hands and would you just begin to thank the good shepherd for the blood that he shed? Jesus, we thank you. Scripture tells us that there's life in the blood. Not mediocre life, but life abundant. Jesus, thank you that there's healing in the blood. And Lord, there's some of us hearing this message that today we need healing from you. We need healing in our emotions. We need healing in our bodies. We're weary and we're tired and we need you to refresh, restore our souls. So would you bring that healing? Bring that forgiveness. Some of us, Lord, are carrying weights that that we're not meant to carry because you died on the cross for our sins. So would you allow us to know the forgiveness that's there because you shed your blood. Lord, help us to hold on to a hope that our our life is not defined by the things that happen to us or, or the things that are happening in this moment, but we have an eternal hope that we put our trust in that no matter what happens in the world around us, you are the good shepherd. And we thank you for your sacrifice. We remember this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's share in the cup together. We're going to take these last few moments of our service, and the worship team is going to lead us in a song that reminds us of what our good shepherd has done for us. And I want to encourage you that as we sing this song together, that you would let these moments be a time when you praise the name of the Lord, where you thank him for his sacrifice, that you remember what the good shepherd has done for you. Father, in these moments, we give this 
this time to you. Thank you that you are our good shepherd who's laid down his life for the sheep. And so we praise you. We honor you. We remember your sacrifice in Jesus' name. Amen. Son of hell. 